Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Today we're going to be discussing social anxiety and how to beat it. A certain degree of social anxiety is completely normal, actually even helpful. The fear of rejection or negative judgment can help us grow. In cave person's days, rejection could mean ostracization from the pack, which meant little chance for survival or procreation. But there's a difference between wanting to be accepted and fearing rejection so much we avoid any setting where there's a possibility of judgment, which is usually our own judgment towards ourselves, not someone else's. Social anxiety is only a problem when it's so intense it prevents you from attending or enjoying social settings. If that's the case for you, let's explore it so you can form lasting friendships and connection. First, a very important fact. The more we avoid feeling anxiety, the more power it has over us. Why? Because anxiety and confidence are inversely related. So, in order for us to decrease anxiety, we have to gain confidence. How do we gain confidence, I'm sure you're asking? By diving into and ultimately mastering whatever scares us. So as much as anxiety tells you to avoid, doing so is just giving anxiety all the power. Don't let a momentary, uncomfortable experience hold you back from success. What's your thoughts, Lucia? It's a very good one and a very tricky one because I am an extrovert and so I've always felt comfortable in situations where I knew I was going to be facing or meeting people I haven't met before. However, even if I consider myself comfortable in these situations, there was always this level of anxiety creeping up on me because you always have that fear, right? You're always thinking, what if they don't like me? What if I have nothing to say? What if I've got to say is not of interest, Uh, what if I don't connect with anybody in the room, and all these thoughts start creeping up and taking over your mind and can sabotage a very successful and, and, you know, beautiful encounter. So I, I definitely hear you and I definitely have heard many people around me in the past, you know, with these sorts of thoughts and fear creeping for themselves as well. But I think, as you said, the important thing to think really is Let's just give it a go. Let's just try it. And I think if you step into the situation with that sort of, let's try it without any other attachment or expectations from the social gathering, then it starts becoming a bit more palatable. It starts becoming a bit less daunting. And within time, I would guess, it could also be something that you end up enjoying. So I would say as a snack for the conversation, Let's just stay open to the idea of let's just see what happens. Yeah, and I think that's really true for people that have slight anxiety, for, for people that have already had, you know, traumatic experiences with social situations, it can become a real problem. So let's uh, have a look at these steps today. So step one we'd say is change your relationship to the anxiety So kind of be mindfully aware of the anxiety. This means making space for it. 
and observing it non-judgmentally rather than just trying to shut it off. This is important for two reasons. First, if every time we felt anxiety, we took a pill or avoided whatever caused anxiety, we never grow the emotional resilience or tolerance muscles we need to be able to live life alongside that feeling. Second, when we judge or shame ourselves for feeling nervous or anxious, we create what are called secondary feelings, feelings about having feelings. So we feel that additional anxiety like shame or frustration. So with being mindful, we can give self-compassion. So we can comfort and support ourselves through our difficult experiences. We can permit, we can kind of allow that uncomfortable feeling and create a choice in how we react to them. So turning into our anxiety is comfy or intuitive, but it's necessary step to overcome it. So as kind of Lucia was saying earlier, try to stay with that discomfort, breathe into it. Try breathing into your belly for three counts, holding for one and exhaling for four. So really keeping with those nervous feelings and not letting them spiral out of control. Because if you try and stop something completely, it can make it even more of a problem because like we said, it can add those that shameful aspect to it. I think it's very important to acknowledge you know that feeling because that's the only way that as you say that you can master it because if you keep ignoring it then you're not getting to know it and by not getting to know it there's no way that you can say yeah okay I understand what happens here I understand the the factors or the traits of anxiety and so I'm able to overcome those but I think another way of looking into this is that many things that start happening when you feel anxious are actually things that happen when you're excited. So one way in which you can look at this is by trying to replace anxiety by excitement. So when you're about to step into a meeting or meeting with a group of people that you haven't uh, you know, met before, you can start saying to yourself, oh, I'm so excited about meeting X, Y, and Z. I'm so excited about going to this restaurant and have dinner with this group of people and see what happens because you may start shifting your perception towards anxiety into a more positive or exciting ground. And that might allow you to start enjoying that conversation, to start enjoying that get together, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's really important that actually our feelings can get confused. That excitement about doing something new is a very similar feeling. So step two is practice and prepare. So like I mentioned earlier, anxiety is negatively entwined with confidence. And what's the most significant independent variable? Exposure. So practice, mastery. Think about it. The more talks you give, the more dates you go on, the more interviews you have, the more social situations you're in, the more confident and less anxious you become. Anxiety feeds off uncertainty and confidence feeds off familiarity. So to feel comfortable, we've got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. So so find certainty where you can. So, you know, look at the venue, bring a friend along. These are all certain things. Come up with a few go-to questions that you can ask if there's an awkward silence. You know, talk about the weather. English people love doing that. Um, Have you got any summer plans? Have you enjoyed the conference so far? Are your kids enjoying school? Where are you from originally? So just have some of those go-to questions that you can feel certain about. 
Finally, and this is an important one, think about all the things that could go wrong. Yep, you've listened right. Visualizing everything is going to go perfectly no matter what is called blind optimism. That's not really going to help you. So treat yourself like the human being that you are and hope for the best, but consider the worst. You might stutter or fumble over your words. Your face might go red. You might spill red wine on a bride's dress. True story. Yep, I have done that. I'm a clumsy clot. (laughs) We will survive all these encounters, I promise. Imagine what might go wrong and ask, what would I do next? When you feel equipped with a plan for all the worst case scenarios, you have certainty and increased certainty decreases anxiety. I think that's a brilliant one. And uh, I actually find that there is power in thinking of all the things that can go wrong. And there's actually humor if you think about it. Uh, Because, you know, one of my fears when giving talks is losing my train thought not knowing what to say anymore. And, you know, it has happened a number of times. Because, yeah, I can't, can't believe it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you know in your head what you want to say, but sometimes you just, you know, you're lost for words. And that happens and that is okay. And actually you find out that people go with you instead of like staring at you or staying blank, let's like say, oh my God, she's lost it. They just sit there comfortably, they go with you, and they are part of that journey. And when you think about it from that perspective, it starts becoming less daunting. Like, I remember, uh, and again, you know, this is a, a true story. I was giving talk to a group of people, I was very excited about it. I came to the venue armed with my computer, an extra projector, like everything I had in my power to be able to do this presentation right. And it was like an hour and a half talk. Now I get there. I connect the projector, connect the computer. The image didn't fit on the screen. So you can imagine how I felt with my lovely, beautiful PowerPoint prepare and no supporting image to go with me. So I had to deliver that presentation to a number of 40 people sitting in a room, an hour and a half of me talking with no visual aid. Yeah, you hear me here. It was, you know, it, it was a nightmare for me because I had everything prepared. I have rehearsed the conversation a number of times, yet the IT wasn't with me. And you know what? It turned okay because I said it from the beginning. I put it out there and I was like, well, this is a great beginning, isn't it? And the room laughed with me and I just said it openly. I was like, okay, bear with me for an hour and a half. Stop me where you've got questions and hopefully we can make this happen. And all of a sudden, the room was with me. So I think when you start thinking about the worst, then when it actually happens, is no surprise. So you are prepared for that. You come up with another plan and you can roll with it. Yeah, I mean, that is one of my worst fears happening is going to a talk and not having my visual aids to back me up. Uh, so I can feel your pain, Lucia. But I think you're human and the audience is human. And I think in a way that helps you relate to them even more, that vulnerability and that honesty that this is going to be difficult and people do stick with you. So remember when you're in those social situations that people have the same feelings. Everybody has some fear and they want to relate. So don't um, put too much pressure on yourself, I think I'm saying. Step three, shake it up and change the story. Our minds loves to tell us stories. We can use our imagination to create negative stories or positive ones. So for example, 
Um, you might not get a text back and you might say in your head, oh, that's because we are boring. When actually our friends left our phone in, the, in their cab. Or you might say we didn't get this job because we're not good enough when there was actually an internal candidate. You might say he wouldn't go out with me because he thought I was ugly when actually he was totally hung up on his ex-girlfriend. So you can see how we can use the stories to our advantage. And it's actually not usually using real evidence. We're just using our imagination and that is not helpful. So get into the habit of noticing your thoughts are thoughts, not objective truths. If you're thinking, I don't belong here, say to yourself, I'm having that thought that I don't belong here. And you know, that actually isn't true. That it's just a thought. So here are a few other mantras to help you. No one can see inside your head. While you might think everyone can see your fear, it's unlikely they notice at all. Everyone around you is also an imperfect human who at times feels embarrassed, ashamed, sad, afraid, lonely, etc. Like we were saying earlier, they are human. No one is spending the whole event watching you. If they are, <laughs> social anxiety shouldn't be what you're worried about. <laughs> A person's actions or reactions generally have little to do with you and much to do with what's going on in their mind their life. Remember, people have their own baggage, their own stories. You're at this event gathering for a reason. You have every right to be there. You can always leave if it gets too uncomfortable. So there's always a get out. Feeling fear and doing it anyway makes you stronger. So you're kind of strengthening your confidence muscle. So, you know, just see it as a learning journey, like we've said in our last podcasts. Yeah, I think like, you know, the key thing here is to keep reminded that A, is an exercise, is practice, is something that you and to help you get better. And also it's just momentarily, it will go in a second. Even the most daunting dinner with a bunch of people that you don't want to be sat at a table with is a couple of hours. I haven't known anybody that haven't survived a couple of hours. And after that, you can walk back home and you can feel amazing about yourself and how you have managed to overcome something that you were dreading doing. I think when you put those things in place and everything in context, it definitely will help you step out of that zone and say, well, okay. And as you were saying, yes, you might be getting to that party or whatever, thinking everybody is going to be looking at me. But I think... Do not dwell too much on yourself because think about it. The same as you're going to that party without not knowing anybody, there might be some other people like you and people are just not focusing on you. You're focusing on yourself because obviously you are threatened or you are concerned or you're scared. But that is not the reality. People are just there to have a good time. So you may as well join in and have a good time together. I think you made a point important there, Lucia. If we're always focusing on ourselves, actually it makes us more nervous or if we shine our light on other people and try and get interested in other people and notice their fears or really what they're saying and really listen to their conversation we take that focus from ourselves and actually we end up having a really nice time because that's the real way we connect to people so try not focus too much on yourself. Yeah, it's about yourself, but it's about others as well. And I think that is the important thing to understand when you're talking about 
social connections. It is as much as it's about you as it is about others. So step four, set yourself up for success. Okay, it might be unlikely you're never going to feel anxiety again. And you might always feel a little bit anxious, but you can make it stronger or weaker depending on your actions. So here are a few more sort of like physical tips. Wear layers so when you feel flush, you can take them off. Temperature changes are normal symptoms of anxiety due to our body going into fight or flight mode. Wear something that won't show your excitement, i.e. sweat stains. (laughs) No tight, light tops. Like we said earlier, bring a friend or colleague if possible, but don't spend the whole time talking to them and only them. Smile. Nervousness tends to put an uninviting look on our faces. This is one area where we're best to fake it till we make it. When you are smiling, we give that you know, positive energy off. If you're struggling with communicating, ask for a card and follow up with a more coherent email later. This is particularly when you're in like work networking situations. Make sure you eat something that's unlikely to keep you locked in the bathroom. If you're prone to anxiety-related stomach upsets, fortunately, it's often linked to our gut. So try a banana or toast, something solid. What's your coffee intake? It's a stimulant and will increase your heart rate, potentially increasing your feelings of anxiety. And the number one, one important thing, which I think really important, is what's your alcohol intake? Many people tend to drink to quell anxiety and thus end up completely sloshed. If you plan to drink, commit to a number of drinks beforehand and stick to that or, you know, have one drink and then one glass of water. I know once I started giving up alcohol, I realized that I had more feelings of anxiety because you're really more aware and in touch with the other person. And then, you know, I had to deal with those feelings of, for me, kind of, yeah, I think it was fear, but... It, a fine line between fear and excitedness of meeting new people. And, you know, when you're used to drinking and then you don't drink, obviously you're going to be more aware of your feelings. So try not to over drink because that can cause a problem too. It definitely (laughs) will. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's ways in which you can trick your mind because obviously there is this, set understanding or, or thoughts that when you're drinking you're more interesting and so we've come to think that by having a drink in our hands then we've got a tool well just get a diet coke or whatever will will you know just by having a glass in your hand you might have that same feeling there's no need for you to fill up your cup with uh, wine or spirits you can do exactly the same with a glass of water or you know some tonic water whatever you fancy and it will have the same thing the important thing is having your hands busy I would say that is one of the things that has saved me in a number of occasions because you know when you stood there talking to people with your hands free you still moving them around like you are doing some crazy dancing so have something that will keep them occupied and then that's it. One less worry for you. One less thing to focus on. You can start talking to people freely rather than having one more thing to control. So as you were saying, it's important to, you know, set yourself up for success. If you know that you're a nervous speaker and you're going to start moving uncontrollably, then when you're talking to somebody, try and offer having a seat. Things like that that you know are going to help you be more comfortable 
in your own skin. And I think that is one of the key things. Be comfortable in your own skin. Do not be afraid to just be who you are. I remember when I moved um, to the UK, because I do have this Spanish accent of mine, at the beginning I kept not being paralyzed because I am not one for being paralyzed. I just push through. But I remember being slightly concerned about you know, thinking, what are people going to think of me? What are they going to think of my accent? Are they going to understand me? Am I going to be saying the right words in the right word in in the right way? And it wasn't until I just kind of have a conversation with myself and said, "Look, if you keep worrying about these things, you're actually not going to strike a conversation with anybody. You can't be that focused on what you're saying and how you're saying it. Just say it and see what happens." And actually, I realized that people were far more forgiven than I was. And if anything, they were actually intrigued. And, you know, it was a conversation point. Where am I from? So, you know, yeah. what you think it might be playing against you, it might be playing in your advantage. Yeah, so what you're actually doing there is you flip the story into a positive story. And also before that, when you were getting nervous, you were judging yourself. That little voice was judging yourself. And that is so common to take the judgment out and change it to something positive, which leads to step five, congratulate yourself, rinse and repeat. The last step is quick, but very necessary. Acknowledge the courage it took you to step outside your comfort zone. Remind yourself you just seriously worked your anxiety tolerance muscles and are a step closer to mastery. Log this experience in your proof, I can do it cabinet. Give yourself a high five and celebrate your growth. Now do it again. Finally, if facing anxiety still seems impossible, we encourage you to work with a coach or therapist. Don't let those stories in your mind keep you small. Social connection is important for career growth, health, and happiness. And remember, Everyone is self-conscious, but we all deal with it in different ways. Don't struggle alone because you're not alone and the problem can be helped. There's proven methods to help. And if you know this is an area you find particularly difficult, there are lots of books on the subject. And I would like to recommend Overcome Social Anxiety and Shyness, a step-by-step self-help action plan by Matt Lewis who is an author, he's a university academic and mental health teacher, and he takes you through this step-to-step program. So thank you for joining us today. Please share with anyone you think will find this podcast useful. Thank you for joining and subscribing. We really appreciate it as we can keep giving this free content. If you're not subscribed, do subscribe on iTunes as then it will alert you of the next episode. Keep believing in you and keep making those social connections. And we will be back with more tips and tools next week. Bye for now. Bye.